0: The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about the NFL. And I'm going to give my predictions for each division winner and their wildcard teams. Today we're going to talk about the AFC, and I'm going to do another episode talking about the NFC teams. So starting off with the AFC East, we have to talk about New England, of course, with Tom Brady no longer being in Foxborough. Cam Newton is now the signal caller for the Patriots. We'll see how that plays out as Cam Newton has a a new opportunity to prove himself that he belongs in the league and that he is very capable to return to the MVP status that we saw a few years ago. And Josh McDaniels, I think he is uh, licking his chops with an opportunity to have a athlete of Cam Newton's stature, a guy who can make plays with both his feet and his arm as well. You know, that's something that McDaniels hasn't had in New England. We know how great Tom Brady is, but Tom Brady is not a mobile quarterback. So I think having Cam Newton in New England – really opens up a new playbook opportunity for Josh McDaniels. You know, Tua was drafted in the fifth uh, fifth pick overall by the Miami Dolphins. The Bills are looking to seize the division finally now that Tom Brady is no longer there. And then, of course, the Jets, who are still looking to rebuild and start some momentum there in New York. Now. Starting off with the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, I mentioned Tua Tagovailoa was a top five pick for them. And they tr- they've traded a bunch of picks in recent years, trying to just rebuild the whole uh, culture there in Miami with Brian Flores as the new head coach. They've traded guys like Kenyon Drake, Mink and Fitzpatrick to my Steelers, which I am so grateful that they did. So uh, they traded Wakeron. McMillan to the Raiders recently, even um, you know just Josh Rosen they cut him and decided to part ways with him. So this is a Dolphins franchise that is completely under a new regime and looking for a, any kind of way to become relevant again. So the Dolphins, as I kind of talked about them being a rebuilding team, they are nowhere near competing for any type of playoff. Uh, opportunity. They're just more of a, you know, a step-by-step, year-by-year, let's improve and get the players that we believe can help get us back to a winning culture, which the Dolphins haven't had that in a very, very, very long time. So don't expect much from the Miami Dolphins when it comes to the NFL season as far as win-loss total. The next team, the New York Jets. The Jets. Sam Darnold is leading charge there. Adam Gase, former Dolphins coach, is, is the head coach in New York. This is a uh, an interesting team because you know, they went out and got Le'Veon Bell in free agency a couple years ago. They got C.J. Mosley at the same time. Mosley, who has opted out during this, this uh, season with COVID and everything that's involved, he is not playing Uh, They lose a guy like Robbie Anderson at receiver that goes to the Carolina Panthers. So this Jets team, you know, they've had a high pick. They drafted Makai Becton, lineman out of Louisville. They needed receiver help. They did so with drafting Denzel Mims out of Baylor. This is a franchise that, you know, we know about the Jets in New York and just how their fan base can be very impatient. Well, that's exactly what they're going to have to do because – New York isn't competing for any playoff opportunities anytime soon. They traded Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. Now in that deal, they received two future first round picks from Seattle. So that will only help New York as they look to rebuild and get some players in there they believe can help um, get them to that next step in this rebuilding process. But don't expect much from the New York Jets this season. Now. These next two teams, I think this is really where it comes down to as far as who will win this AFC East division. You have the New England Patriots, you have the Buffalo Bills. You know, the the Bills are they're seizing. They're ready to seize this opportunity. We know Tom Brady is not there. So the Bills are in great position to take advantage of this chance to prove that this is a new-age Buffalo Bills and win their first AFC East Division title since 1995. With the Bills, you know, they're led by Sean McDermott, head coach there. Josh Allen, I believe, is going into his third year, if I'm not mistaken. They have the running back duo Singletary and Moss. The newly acquired Stephon Diggs that they gave their first-round pick to Minnesota which Minnesota used that pick to draft another wide receiver and Justin Jefferson out of LSU. You know, Buffalo, um, they're a hungry team. They were eliminated last year in a wild card by the Houston Texans in that thrilling overtime game uh, against Houston. And, you know, this defense is one of the stingiest defense in the NFL. They were last year, and I think they've gotten even better this year With getting a guy like Vernon Butler, uh, Josh Norman is in that secondary as well. And, you know, they already had Matt Milano and Tredavious White. I mean, Ed Oliver. This is a really, really intelligent and deep, talented uh, defensive side, the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Now, going to New England, you know, we talked about Tom Brady not being there. Cam Newton is the new – QB in charge there, and, um, you know, they had a lot of issues last year, primarily with injuries, especially at that wide receiver position. Nikhil Harry, a rookie out of Arizona State last year, didn't play much. He uh, appears to be healthy now. Sonny Michelle, um, you know, he's a nice back there from, from Georgia. I mean, of course, they still have Edelman, who is the – slot guy in New England and we know what he can do once he gets the ball in his hands. And the concerning part for them, you would think it would be Tom Brady and not having him back for another season. But it's actually more so on the defensive side of the ball. The defense lost quite a few people um during the offseason. Kyle Van Noy is now with the Dolphins. Jamie Collins is with the Lions. You look at um, Dante Hightower, who has opted out for this season. Patrick Chung, the safety out of Oregon, has opted out as well. So this New England defense is different from what we saw just a year ago, which is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And so how would this play out for New England? I mean, they looked good in game one, but it was against the Miami Dolphins. So you can't put too much uh, weight into that game because we know Miami isn't one of the most um, talented teams offensively. So even though it looked great, and they look great for me, as I do have the Patriots on my uh, fantasy team as well. But, you know, this is, I think, the biggest question for the Patriots. Can they continue their – just their stifling defense that they had, like I said, from a year ago, even though they're missing quite a few players from last year's team? You know, this is something that I went back and forth about who I think would win this division. It's it's hard to go against New England. It really is. And, you know, they have a culture. They have a winning way. They have one of the best coaches to ever coach the game in Bill Belichick. And the reason why I'm, I'm leaning more New England than Buffalo is because I just don't trust Josh Allen. And there's a few Buffalo Bills fans that I know. Uh, Lance Sponsler, um, you know, Justin, you know, (laughs) uh, man, I know it's funny, like, we've had conversations, and, you know, I like the Bills, I love their defense, I just don't have much faith in their quarterback, Josh Allen, he still has to prove to me that he can handle a full season and lead them over the hump, so until he does that, I can't. I can't say that I think the Bills will win the division. Now I do believe they'll be in the wild card hunt at the end of the day, but I'm gonna roll with the Patriots, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna say somehow, some way, New England finds a, a, a way to become the AFC East division champions yet again. Now in the AFC South, starting out with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team who just won their season opener over the Colts. Uh, Nobody really expected that after trading Yannick and Glockway. um, They, of course, released Leonard Fournette. I mean, it's been an exodus for the Jacksonville Jaguars in recent years as guys like Blake Bortles uh, is no longer there, Jaden Ramsey, Allen Robinson, Calais Campbell is now with the Ravens. I mean, this is a completely different team from – just what three years ago when they were one game away from playing in the Super Bowl So the Jacksonville Jaguars are in rebuild mode like I said they did win game one I mean um, nobody expected it, but they did get it done. I do like Gardner mincho I think he is a solid quarterback. he um, kind of surprised many you know even think I think even he was surprised um, the way his path has taken off because you know he was at Washington State. I mean before that he was at East Carolina and he was actually gonna attend Alabama and just begin his kind of coaching career. He was gonna be third string behind Tua and Jalen Hurts. He was just wanted to get a, a jump start on coaching and wanted to be a part of the Alabama program. Well, Mike Leach discovered him and said, like, Hey man, you can sling it. Come come play for me and pull him in Pullman, Washington as a member of the Cougars and he did so. He lit it up in Washington State. Jacksonville Jaguars still took a chance on him, and I think they are more than happy that they did so because he is super talented. And so I think they're going to build this Jacksonville Jaguars offense around him, even though Leonard Fournette is not there anymore. Um, The running game, we're not really sure about what they have there. But receiving-wise, there's a very talented group of guys with D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, um, D.J. Chark out of LSU who's become a star for them. LaVisca Chenault Jr., second-round pick in this year's draft out of Colorado. So, I think this team offensively has – they they have some pieces to to build around. Of course, it's going to be more about building that defense up again, which is one of the, the nastiest defenses, uh, defenses a few years ago. But we'll see how Jacksonville handles their rebuilding process, but they will not be in any playoff picture for this season. Now – Next, I'm talking about the Houston Texans. This is a, an interesting team, too, as we know that Bill O'Brien, who serves as the head coach and as the general manager, traded DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, did not receive a first-round pick as he sent DeHop to the Cardinals. You know, I, I still don't get it because like he's one of the best wide receivers in the game today, if not the best. And so now you have your franchise quarterback Deshaun Watson, who you've just given a brand new contract. He does not have a number one guy to throw to. He has a a, a solid core of guys, you know, with with Fuller and Steels, yeah, Randall Cobb, and then you have Brandon Cooks. But they don't have a number one guy, and I don't think any of those guys are number one receivers. And then they they've all had injury problems in their throughout their careers as well. So um, I think Houston will be one of those teams that will be on the outside looking in this year, even though Deshaun Watson is a stud and we know Houston has some ballers on the defensive side of the ball as well, especially in J.J. Watt. But I just don't think they'll have enough offensively to compete in this division, which is a very competitive division. As i talk about the next two teams with the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. This uh I think it's gonna come down between these two teams. And so when the Tennessee Titans, you look at them, they're um just a season removed from playing in the AFC conference championship, with Ryan Tannehill kinda of leading a resurge, uh resurgent offense with Derrick Henry getting the Russian title as well. This this defense is really where they make their mark. I mean, they only added to this defense by Getting a guy like Javon Clowney, Vic Beasley, that secondary that has Kevin Byard and Adoree Jackson, uh, Malcolm Butler, man, I mean, this is Kenny Boccaro. Like, this is a very interesting team because defensively they are going to be in every ball game, and I really think that the way that this team is set up, they have an opportunity to not only win a division but to make a run, and it. But it's all predicated upon Ryan Tannehill. Are we going to see the Miami Ryan Tannehill? Or are we going to see the Ryan Tannehill who just played lights out? I mean, he was asked to do, you know, just enough. And he did so, like I said, leading them one win away from the Super Bowl. Now, for the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. You now, this is a team that has a new quarterback in Phillip Rivers, who's from Athens, Alabama. He spent 16 years with the Chargers, and now he is a member of the Colts, and the Colts had a tremendously um, devastating blow as Marlon Mack appears to be out for the season with what they're reporting is an Achilles tear. So losing a guy like him who has been um, just a very steady back for them over the last couple years is, is hard to swallow. And they did draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round, out of Wisconsin. So it's going to be He and Naheem Hines kind of leading the way. And so, you know, this Colts team, this Colts team will I think they'll have to find a way to score consistently. I think defensively with acquiring DeForest Buckner from the 49ers, um, you know, Darius Leonard who is an all-pro linebacker. I mean, they have some really interesting Um, studs on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't think the question is going to be defensively, but I think it's going to be more so on the offensive side of the ball. And I went back and forth on these two teams on who I thought would win the division. And just a week ago, I was leaning more Indianapolis, to be honest. But losing Mac, I think that's going to be a tougher blow than than most people realize. And uh, I think the question also is going to be at the receiver position, is T.Y. Hilton still the guy? Can he still make plays? Um, consistently enough to move the chains and, um, you know, get them touchdowns where they're going to need that number one guy. And I don't know if the Colts have a number one guy at this time. We shall find out very soon. But they will be in the wild card picture for sure and in the divisional picture as well. But I'm going with Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South. Now, next for the AFC North, this division is very – uh Interesting to me, personally, because I'm a Steelers fan. And so, starting out with the Browns, you know, the Browns, we got to talk about them. They lost again, as they usually do season openers. I mean, I couldn't tell you the exact number in my head, but it's been quite some time since they've won a regular season opener uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So, with them, they have a lot of talent. Offensively, of course, we know with Baker and OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, they signed Austin Hooper to a four-year, $44 million deal. So the question offensively is, can the new head coach, Kevin Stefanski, find a way to get these group of guys to jail? And what what will be their identity? I mean, they are very strong with their running group, uh, very strong, um, talented receiving core as well. What's going to be their identity? And I think if they can figure that out, Sooner than later, it will definitely uh, serve them well. Now, defensively, you know, they have guys like Miles Garrett. You know, we know he, how talented he is, and uh, he is coming off his six-game suspension from last year' incident um, against Pittsburgh. And they have Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon. Uh, Mac Wilson was a linebacker that they lost for the season. It's going to be tough to replace him and see how they handle Um, that subtraction. But their secondary is still pretty solid with Denzel Ward. You know, you have Greedy Williams, who is very good, and then Carl Joseph um, as well, who is at the safety position, who was a first-round pick a few years ago from the Raiders. So I think they'll be competitive, but I don't see them making any kind of playoff run this year. So I think the Browns could be – this could be it for OBJ in Cleveland if it doesn't work out because, of course, we know he's talented, but there's so much personality on this team that I think at some point they're going to have to balance the talent the talent side and the character side if they want to get in the right direction. Now, next, you know, the Bengals, of course, having Joe Burrow as the number one guy coming out of LSU, I mean – He already has Joe Mixon, he has A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. I mean, offensively, he has walked into a great situation because there's a lot of good pieces around him from day one. They also drafted T. Higgins in the second round from Clemson, who he played against in the national championship game. So they're on the right track as far as some of the picks they've made. And defensively, you know, still having someone like Geno Atkins and Carl Lawson on the defense, I think – they are um, a couple years away, too. I mean, they may be, you know, far ahead more than we realize at this time, but I think, you know, given them, uh, given the opportunity to grow and let Burrow, uh, you know, learn through his mistakes, there's going to be a lot of them. But we know what type of player he is. He's a guy who threw sixty touchdowns and six interceptions just a year ago. I mean, those are numbers that we've never seen before. And I always like to say those are video game numbers, but I can't even say they're video game numbers. I don't think I've ever done anything like that in all my years of playing video games, Madden, NCAA football. But I think if Bengals given time, they'll be fine. Uh, it's kind of scary. Uh, As I talk about my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, knowing that we got to face every year three Heisman Trophy winners, as in Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Heisman Trophy at Louisville. He's with the Ravens. You have Joe Burrow, as I mentioned, with the Bengals and then uh, Baker Mayfield as well, who won the Heisman back at Oklahoma. So going into my Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers. You know, last year was a rough year offensively, losing uh, Ben Roethlisberger in the second week of the season. But and 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 that led to a one in five start, as you know, Mike Tomlin and um, Randy Fickner, offensive coordinator, was trying to figure out what's the new identity when you lose your starting quarterback. And Mason Rudolph, I love that dude. I hope he's the new um, new quarterback for the Steelers moving forward after Roethlisberger retires. But he wasn't ready. For that situation, and not just because he wasn't ready, but Connor was banged up at running back. Yeah, Juju Smith Schuster, who was in and out of the lineup each week. Now these guys are healthy, and they've gotten even better, I believe, by signing a guy like Eric Ebron as tight end from the Colts, drafting a guy like Chase Claypool in the second round at receiver out of Notre Dame. Offensively, this team with Roethlisberger back, I believe, will you will see a drastic change from last season. And I think with Roethlisberger getting in shape, he's lost a bunch of weight. He has a new dedication, uh, proven, ready to prove, I should say, those critics and the opponents that he has a lot of gas left in the tank. Defensively, they were one of the best defenses in the league. They had 20 interceptions last year, which was, I think, I believe, second in the NFL. Uh, you know, you have T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tuitt. Joe Hayden in the secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm telling you, that's – oh, man, when when the Steelers acquired him in the deal from Miami, I can't express in words of how excited I was because that's exactly who I wanted when I heard he was available. I didn't know if Pittsburgh were thinking along those lines, and they gave up a first-round pick to acquire him, and that was just right because – I know people doubted it and like, well, why would you trade the first round pick? You're one and four. A hey, like I said, you get a guy like that that you know is a game changer, a playmaker, and it's at a position of need. I really think um, Pittsburgh seized every opportunity to get a guy like Minka, who was in his second year, I believe, last year. So I think it's his third year now. I mean, you get a guy like Minka and you saw the immediate impact that he had for that Pittsburgh Steelers defense uh, when they acquired them. Now, it's going to come between the Steelers and the Ravens for this division, I believe. And, you know, Baltimore had an outstanding year last season, going 14-2, and Lamar Jackson MVP. And what we saw in the first game in their uh, matchup against the Browns where they won 38-6, to it's like they just picked up where they left off. I mean, Mark Andrews at tight end at two touchdowns, nobody really talks about him. He's a very uh, quiet – solid tight end out of Oklahoma who continues to produce for for the Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, they took in the second round at Ohio State. He had two touchdowns Sunday against the Browns. Mark Ingram kind of disappointed me. I think he still um, has some things to prove and let everybody know that J.K. Dobbins is not just going to take the job over him, But so we'll see what Ingram is going to do. Now, defensively, this has always been a very good group. When you think about Baltimore, you think about their defense. And you I always wondered, what would they do losing someone like Earl Thomas? But they still have Marcus Peters, and they have Marlon Humphrey, the cornerback out of Alabama. They drafted Patrick Queen in the first round out of LSU. They have Calais Campbell they acquired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. This defense is going to be scary again this year. And so, you know, that doesn't – I hate the sound of that being a Steelers fan but when i look at these two teams i i mean i think the raven's are gonna be really good of course they're gonna be one of those teams that will be in the hunt for sure but i'm going with pittsburgh and and you may say i'm a homer and that's cool but i just really believe that with the defense that pittsburgh had last year the offense and the weapons that it has i, th- I think it's a more dangerous offense than the ravens just because it's more well-rounded now this is contended upon James Conner, Roethlisberger, Smith Schuster staying healthy because like I said, when I look at the receiving core between the two teams, yes the Ravens have Willie Sneed, they have Hollywood Brown, but the Steelers have Smith Schuster. James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and if Chase Claypool is anywhere, anything close to what they've been talking about during training camp, then I think it could be um, a breakout year for the Steelers offense. So, I'm going with the Steelers to win the AFC North division. Now, the final division in the AFC is the AFC West, starting out with the Los Angeles Chargers. And we know Phillip Rivers is no longer there. They now have Tyrod Taylor as their guy who is kind of keeping the seat warm until their first-round pick, number six overall, Justin Herbert from Oregon, takes over, as we know he is um, expected to be their future signal caller there. Now, they lose Melvin Gordon, also a running back. He goes to Denver. Austin Eckler becomes the every down back. Receiving, they have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who – Williams needs to stay healthy. Um, The receiver out of Clemson they took a few years ago. Same thing for Hunter Henry at tight end. He has to stay healthy. So, offensively, there's a lot of question marks because Phillip Rivers, we know, is a better quarterback as far as downfield throws and taking chances. Now, those chances do sometimes come back to bite a guy like Phillip Rivers. But the question is, can they score enough points to be relevant? Because defensively, they're they're a tough bunch. I mean, you have a guy like Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, Casey Hayward. They acquired Chris Harris Jr., who was with with Denver. Um, You know, Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of of Oklahoma. I think the Chargers are going to be a quiet – one of those competitive teams that I kind of compared to the Cleveland Browns. They're going to be – Competitive, they're going to be uh, very talented on both sides of the ball, but I don't see them making much noise in the AFC West. Now, next, the Las Vegas Raiders, with of course, we know John Gruden is the coach there, Mike Mayock, the general manager, Derek Carr is the quarterback, and you know, he is one of those middle tier QBs. He's not in star, he's not great, but he's not bad. And so, Josh Jacobs, their running back, they took out of Alabama in the first round last season. He is the next up-and-coming running back, and he is already, to me, a top ten back and soon will be a top five back for sure. He can do it in the run game, in the receiving game. He is a joy to watch, and those who watched Alabama football, you could tell that he was different from the other guys they had on the team at the same time, even though they shared the workload. He was the best back out of that group. So I'm excited to see him for the Raiders. Um, defensively, you know, I think that's going to be more so their quest- their, their, their concerns. Well, like can, Defensively, can they be that team that can get stops? I mean, they've spent a lot of draft capital in recent years with getting Cleveland Farrell in the first round from Clemson a couple years ago. They also drafted Jonathan Abram, first round out of Mississippi State, in that same draft. Trayvon Mullen, a corner out of Clemson, that same draft. So this is a, a franchise that's looking to rebuild. And, you know, they're using those draft picks to, you know, re- bring in some, some new guys, kind of a change to culture type, um, type players, they believe, who can help get them in the right track, and a lot of those guys have come from Clemson. I mean, Hunter Renfro, Trayvon Mullen I mentioned, Cleveland Farrell, as I mentioned. I mean, they've drafted a bunch of Clemson guys in recent years, and I don't think that's any coincidence by by any means. I think this is intentional by what Mayock and uh, John Gruden want to create is getting guys who come from winning programs, and you know Josh Jacobs, as I mentioned, is another guy as well who played at Alabama. But they won't be competing for any playoff opportunities this year, so we're not expecting anything there. Now, the next team, the Denver Broncos, Drew Locke leads to leads to charge there, at QB. They were one of the worst passing offenses teams, pass offense teams last year. I think they were like fifth worst in the NFL. So they went out in the first round. And got Judge Judy, that's they call him. It's Judge Judy, but it's really Jerry Judy. so uh, a receiver out of Alabama. He'll be uh, leading the way. They also have KJ Hamler, receiver out of Penn State, in the second round. Um, they're doing what they can to rectify that anemic passing offense that we saw last year. And defensively, we know they've always been stout for the last few years. Now they did suffer a huge blow with. Losing Von Miller, who was, appears to be out for the season, you know that's very unfortunate. As you know, and we know Vic Fangio, as a head coach, has made his calling card on the defense side of the ball. So losing a guy like Von Miller doesn't help their chances by any means. But I do think with Bradley Chubb out there, and then they have um, A.J. Bouye, the corner that they acquired from Jacksonville as well. Um, McTelvin Ajim, I mentioned I like that third round pick out of Arkansas. I think Denver will be one of those competitive teams, probably looking at six, ten, seven, and nine. They won't be in the playoffs. I don't think they'll be in a wild card hunt either, but I wouldn't sleep on them moving forward, especially if they've really hit on that Drew Lock pick. We shall see if he's really their guy. Now, the final team in the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the defending Super Bowl champions. We know Patrick Mahomes and how great he is, and it's impressive how great he is at such a young age. And, you know, they only got stronger by taking a guy like Claude Edwards in the first round out of LSU. The running back there who I had somebody um, mention they compared them to Warwick Dunn of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the day who also played at Florida State. He played with the Falcons. Um, he yeah, has a friend of mine, Corey, was telling me that he heard Tony Junji compare Edwards Hilaire to Warwick Dunn. And I was like, man, that's, that's a pretty nice comparison, you know, because Warwick Dunn was a stud uh, back in the 90s. And so Edwards Hilaire has already made an impressive uh, kind of – in introduction to the league in that first game against the Houston Texans. And then, you know, of course, they still have Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hartman, Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the game, if not the best um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then defensively, of course, they still have Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. You know, this defense with Frank Clark as well. I mean, this is a very potent offense and a very talented defense. So I don't see Kansas City dropping off by any means. They will definitely win the division, and they'll be competing for another Super Bowl opportunity because I don't see anybody in their division that can come close or even think about contending with them in the AFC West. So to recap, I'm going with the AFC East champions to be the New England Patriots, the AFC North champions to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, the AFC South champions to be the Tennessee Titans, and then the AFC West champions to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And with this year's new expanded playoff rules, there's three wildcard teams instead of two wildcard teams. So the number two seed does not receive a bye in the 2020-21 season. So for my wildcard teams, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, and the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's going to be an amazing season in the AFC, a very competitive conference. We know the Chiefs and the Ravens last year kind of took the league by storm and definitely dominated uh, the regular season. And, of course, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Now, I think there's more competition this year, especially if the teams that I mentioned, like the Steelers, um, stay healthy. You know, of course, you look at the Titans with no one really saw them as a threat until they made their run last year. But they have only gotten better than uh, from last season. So I think this year, even even the Colts, the Colts, as I mentioned, they've improved on both sides of the ball, especially getting field Rivers at quarterback. So I think with those improvements from those teams will definitely balance out the competition and make for a very exciting year in the AFC. Stay tuned for my next episode as I discuss the NFC and those playoff teams, and I give my predictions for each division as well. You're listening to the sweet spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. a Penny Pool Patio and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light Infrared Saunas, and Patio Furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch-A-Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Whether they're going back to school in person or online, if your child needs glasses, Denny Vision in downtown Dothan has a great special on kids' glasses starting from $99 for two pairs. That's right. From August 3rd through October 4th, get two pairs of kids' eyeglasses starting from just $99. Students can receive 20% off one pair of complete eyeglasses or 50% off two pairs. Save on back-to-school glasses at Denny Vision. Call 334-793-2633. That's 334-793. 932633 Denny Vision 151 East Main Street Downtown Dothan See the difference Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch of Penny Pool Patio and Spa. As we close with today's Triple C segment, this is what I want to share with you today. There's a difference between going to church and having a relationship with God. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you have a relationship and a connection with God. The church itself is a building, the people inside the church is what makes the church itself. So when you think about having a relationship with God, it's about that one on one time, that time where you speak to him and you're praying to him and then you're listening as God speaks to you, not just at night when you pray, not just early in the morning when you pray, but throughout the day of every day, that's where that relationship with God is formed. It's just like your friends. You see them at school and at work out at the park, wherever it may be. It's that communication back and forth between each other. So when you think about, do I have a true relationship with God? It's more about you communicating to him and he communicating with you. And always remember, there is nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.